Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio and now powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You all have to buy tires from somebody. You might as well buy them from us and help fund the movement, help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement, and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I'm your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, for episode number 86, I believe, right? 86? Starting to get that right. Uh, A little bit of housekeeping. This Friday, we will have on the great Dan Schultz from the Precinct Strategy, one of the the, uh, father figures, one of the the four leaders uh, with the Precinct Strategy, which is one of the most important political um, mechanisms, one of the most important political movements that we have right now in our country um, and taking back the Republican Party through the precinct strategy. So we look forward to having Dan Schultz on this Friday for our family and friends episode and, and informing you all on the precinct strategy and how to how to get involved uh, in taking back the Republican Party. The podcast is available on all major audio platforms, Apple, Amazon, Google Play, and Spotify, as well as Rumble. And you can also go to band.video where I have a channel um, and we're getting everything backed up on BitChute, I believe. Are we getting close there? We're getting close on BitChute if all things fail, but you should be able to go to YouTube, Rumble, or or um, band.video to to watch the podcast. Uh, And as always, we are very, very close. I mean, very, very close to getting all our patron platforms up. I know many people over the last week or so have reached out and asked how they could support the podcast. We're going to make sure that that is an option for you uh, shortly here. Uh, just give, be patient with us. We're not, we're not a uh, hard pressed to come and grab every dollar that you're willing to donate. Um, hopefully you'll still be around by the time the patron platform is up. It could be any day. It could be any week. We're just ironing some things out. Um, so the patron platforms will most likely be locals, subscribe star and donor box. Um, Senate campaign is underway, officially, unofficially. Um, that should be fun, and we'll have more more for you on that. The majority of the uh, the majority of the updates or the video content that is involved, specifically with the Senate campaign, will be located on uh, YouTube.com backslash backslash Royce White USA, um, and that's the same YouTube channel that we use for my congressional run. So. That's the housekeeping. Friday, we have the great Dan Schultz from the Precinct Strategy, and I want you all to tune in on Friday to be able to learn about the Precinct Strategy and how to get involved with your and and become a Precinct Committeeman uh, and get ready for caucuses and things like that come February for us here in Minnesota, but um, different times for each each state. Um, Today, I want to start off with a video. Uh, This video is from the the great tragedy there in, in Lahaina, Hawaii, and we have some official statements, some official press coverage now starting to emerge after there was much silence um, from, from everyone involved shortly after the, the, the fires had broken out. Now the governor and certain people are going to come to the podium and speak on behalf of what happened and, and try and tell you, look, everything's going to be fine right it's a tragedy we messed up but everything will be fine eventually we're going to get to the bottom of it right 
And then in today's world, it always scares me when the people who were in charge, who were either incompetent or malicious, come back shortly after and tell you everything's okay. We're, we're going to get to the bottom of what happened. Trust us. Trust us. I certainly don't trust them. But I want to play this story anyway from the national news coverage because some of this stuff is so, so negligent, so incompetent or so malicious uh, that they're having trouble even hiding it in, in the uh, coordinated media response. Go ahead and play the, play the video, Tanner. The governor of Hawaii is asking tourists to avoid travel to the parts of Maui that were devastated by wildfires. It comes as the death toll rises to 114. Governor Josh Green says about 1,300 people are still missing in Lahaina, with nearly 80% of the historic town surged. CBS's Lilia Luciano is in Lahaina with the latest. There's rising anger among Lahaina residents over the missing warnings of the approaching firestorm. If we gave them just a little bit more time, maybe people could have run from that, from the areas that they were burned. While Governor Josh Green supported the decision by officials to not sound the warning sirens, he promised a review. We will get to the bottom of exactly how the fire started, how our emergency procedures and protocols need to be strengthened, and how we can prove our defenses. Everything I owned, yes, was destroyed in the fire. Lahaina survivors who lost their homes, like Cat Dukes, wonder where they'll end up long term. What has been the most frustrating part of this process? For me personally, it's, it's the housing. I don't like to walk around aimlessly knowing where I'm going to sleep. FEMA has now moved many families from shelters to hotels. And they are asking, how long are we going to stay here? Nine months, they told us. With 20% of the burned area yet to be surveyed for remains, locals worry about the speed of recovery. The governor should not rush to rebuild the community without first giving people time to heal. This is the number of people still unaccounted for remains close to 1,000. And even that estimate is unclear. Frankly, we don't know. Um, you know, people have thrown numbers around. People have thrown cellular data stuff around. And officials say they're keeping that number of people unaccounted for on purpose high so that they don't set themselves up for thinking that the job is done too soon. Adriana. Okay. Now, this is a CBS um, official, uh, official, you know, coverage of, of this uh, tragedy. And, you know, they're, 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 they're playing the fence, you know, pretty, pretty well here. And they don't want to make any definitive statements. You notice how nobody, you know, nobody really. The reason why I brought this video, because now we're getting to a place in society where the establishment and the the narrative that they would like to go around the world is coming out ahead on social media. I don't know if people understand that or people are noticing that, but you know, a lot of the controversy around the media, I mean, the, the internet or social media was all of these conspiracy theorists are throwing out information that that puts people in danger because it's it, it hasn't been vetted through or it hasn't had the chance to be debunked. Or, you know, you see a lot of effort going in by social media, uh, uh, big tech and, and all these other companies to try and fact check. Uh, certain posts. I know you're starting to see those underneath certain posts. Oh, here's the reference material, or here's the article that's being run. Or, you know, there's a lot of fact checking going on. 
or at least they're attempting to do fact checking. Really, they're just trying to bolster the whatever the mainstream uh, accepted authoritative narrative is, which is a scam to begin with. Anybody who really believes that uh, they can trust the New York Times, and I just throw them out because they're the most, I mean, they're the newspaper of, of record in, in our country for the most part. Anybody that believes they can trust the New York Times is absolute fucking moron. Uh, you, you can't trust the New York Times, let alone any of the other mainstream media sources. We We all sort of culturally accept that that's the case, yet when things go haywire and crisis comes, we have no choice but to default back to these these sources. That's part of the problem with the monopolization of information, uh, and, and in many cases in our society to today, uh, misinformation. But anyway, they're, they're at least trying to pretend as though fact-checking is a big, a big priority uh, for their, their uh, big priority in, in, uh, today. Uh, with their with their social media efforts, cleaning up the internet from from dangerous misinformation. But now, when you really look at it, um, the either the grassroots or the bots or or the paid uh, you know sheep, whatever you want to call them, uh, they're out there pushing a, a, an accepted narrative before the CBSs can even really get a grasp and a handle on things. And that's real dangerous. And when AI comes and AI starts to have predictive capabilities in the media and information space, it's going to become even worse. There's going to be this lag uh, before the news, the, the humans that are doing the news can even really get get their 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 hands around, around the story. So it, my point in, in, in all this is the people who don't trust the government, the people who don't trust the establishment, rightfully so. We all want answers. We want an investigation. The people who have shielded for the vaccine, the people who have shielded for the war in Ukraine, the people who have shielded for, um, you know, any, any, uh, the LGBTQ transgender movement in the schools, any number of, of, uh, agendas from this establishment, the people who have shielded for those jump right out in the front in front and say, there's nothing to investigate. I mean, this shows you the level of cognitive dissonance that exists right now in our American culture. The people who want to defend the Democratic Uniparty, uh, Democrat and, and rhino political super elite, and the corporations that they work for with, whatever the case may be, the, the establishment, the status quo, the, the Democrat or liberal grassroots voices out there in the, in the, in the you know, in the void of, of social media and, and the internet, they want to come out and say, there's nothing to investigate. What are we investigating? And, and I'm not just making that up. This isn't conjecture or, or, you know, some, some theory. I'm not just making a generalization. I've actually had people who posted the picture of me saying investigate Maui during the big three game and, and like dismiss it flippantly or laugh or, or say, you know, that tells you who this guy is or whatever the case may be, right? Like there's no reason we should investigate, which is so odd because all of the, all of the authorities there in Lahaina, even, even as, as, as recent as last night, are still saying investigations are underway. None of them had made, made any real definitive statements about how the fire started, why the sirens didn't work, uh, uh, why, why the power lines uh, were, if or why they, they weren't secured properly. 
the the protocols, the safety protocols for for these type of uh, you know um, these type of uh, problematic uh, events, uh, whatever, whatever the all of it, none of it has been ironed out by the authorities there in Lahaina. So why are all the people around the country rushing to tie this off as a foregone conclusion? We know what happened. We know what happened. The wind knocked the power lines over. The power lines started a fire. The fires raged across uh, uh, Lahaina and, and these other residential areas. And, oh, by the way, we let the kids out of school early because of dangerous winds, not knowing whether or not we were sending them home into homes that had parents who were still at work or not. And a lot of the body, one of the things that the governor is saying with some with some level of certainty, is that we, as a nation, because Hawaii is the United States of America and those are our citizens, those are our people, we are pulling bodies out of the ashes and the flames that belong to children. And he even went so far as to say, as we continue to pull bodies from the remains, we should, we should um, I think he said, we should uh, expect that many of them may, in fact, be children. So that's the one thing he's speaking with certainty on. Why? Because they know exactly how they handled the, the crisis response. They know how they handled the response with the schools. They know how the whole thing went down. But everything else doesn't have any clarity around it. Everything else still needs an investigation. Well, if you trust the way that investigations go with people who are investigating themselves, again, you're a fucking moron. And I know we do that a lot in this country. That's kind of the accepted culture here in America, right? We let we let the president of the United States investigate himself and the the his administration, or, or we're going to let the CIA do an internal investigation, or the FBI, or police departments, or uh, uh, you know, we let the CDC or, or whoever it is. Whatever, whenever there's a controversy or some type of uh, some type of um, what do they call it? Some type of uh, issue, problem, mishap, some type of uh, you know, uh, I don't even know what the word is I'm looking for. Um, some type scandal. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for. Some type of scandal. Every time there's some type of scandal, uh, a lot, a lot of, a lot of the investigative work is done by the people who the scandal is being alleged against, in some form or fashion. I mean, whether it's you know I'm actually doing the investigation myself personally, or this person who I've been working with for thirty years and could in many ways be seen as implicated in the scandal, we let them do the investigation. You see that a lot with police departments and, and wrongful killings of, of, of citizens. And I'm seeing, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing, I'm still seeing, let, let's not be mistaken here. I'm still seeing too many, too many wrongful deaths. Actually, what's funny is I came across um, a video of uh, eight police officers who had just recently, I think, been disciplined in a, in a formal review of the situation that happened in Dallas, I believe, where the ex-cop or veteran um, shot it out with the police, or maybe he attacked the police or something like that. He had killed some police officers, and the police had gotten behind a vehicle that I guess they 
suspected uh, this guy to be in or or was connected with this police shooting and there was not the, and there were only two women in the vehicle and they must have put about 40 bullet holes in the back of that vehicle and shot those women now i don't think the women died i don't believe they died at least that wasn't the story went out of its way to say that the women were shot not that they were shot and killed which if they had been killed, they probably would have said that in the story. But I could be mistaken. Maybe they were uh, killed in in this in this this you know gunfire. Um, but the women had nothing to do with the situation, right? And uh, I, I bring that up because I think we're caught in this uh, we're caught in this sort of paradox where where we're trying to balance the the safety, the security, and the and the the law and order uh, that the left is trying to undo in the country while also being skeptical of the people who preside over the law and order in this country. Uh, and we're getting attacked on both fronts. And I know that because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm black. I come from the black community. I, you know, I grew up in the black community. I'm still very connected to the black community, although I don't live in the hood. Um, because quite frankly, it's too dangerous, in my opinion. I could say that honestly. Now, is everybody who steps out of their front porch in a in a highly uh, dense populated uh, metropolitan area or lives in, in in a place where there are a lot of concentrated black people going to be the victim of violent crime? No, I mean that's what pussies like Sean Hannity will want you to think, but that's not real either. Uh, in general, is it somewhere that you would choose to live if you had a choice? And, and take the risk of becoming a, you know, one in 1,000 chance or one in 5,000 chance of becoming a victim of, of a violent crime? No, of course not. I mean, if, if you can avoid it, you're going you're gonna to avoid it. Don't take the risk if you don't need to, which is hard for some white liberals to, to really comprehend because I also, at the same time, I see a lot of videos of a lot of white liberal, young white liberal males doing ultra risky um, activities uh, and you'll see if you follow me on Instagram, I repost these these videos uh, and calling these people jerk offs. The other day I saw a guy who was hanging just by his bare hands with no harness from a from a power line. Um, high, high power line, not like a, a telephone pole power line, like one of those power lines that has probably a hundred foot, 200 foot metal structure to it. And if if you know anything about these structures, you can climb up the side of them by hand. Most people who maintenance them, they actually do work on them and climb them by hand, but they usually have harness equipment to to try and secure themselves. Well, this jerk off, he just thought, hey, I'll just I'll just hang on it by my I'll climb up here and hang on it by my hand with the GoPro to get I don't know views. I mean, so you know that shows the duality of of what we're dealing with here. Some people are trying to escape um, the the potential violence and becoming a victim of violent crime in certain neighborhoods across our country. Some people are throwing themselves right in the in the in the line of uh, accidental fatality by climbing two hundred foot structures. I saw a bunch of people parkouring uh, these these really tall structures. I mean, we got a real duality of 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 uh, a sickness in our country. But again, I, I I digress. the The point I was making is. Yeah, 
yeah, the black community is having, having problems with, with violence, but it's certainly not the case that everybody's going to be the victim of, of a violent crime. And regardless of, of that, um, it is the duty of, of our police to protect and serve. Now, are there cases where protection and service are going to put other people in danger because of somebody else's choices? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I rob a store and then the police get behind me and we go on a, a, a high-speed chase, I have put other people in danger and the police are responding to that. And the police may, in fact, I don't know, run a civilian over in that high-speed chase. When you go back and you, and you, and you uh, adjudicate culpability, in that situation, it's not fair to say the cops are the ones to blame for running that person over because I, as a citizen, helped create that circumstance. And, and that's why your citizenship and how you carry yourself and the duty of being a citizen is a big deal. And we've lost that. We've lost it. We've, we've lost our sense of citizenship. And that's a cultural and, and philosophical and intellectual and spiritual decay. It has very little to do with, uh, it has very little to do with um, race, the police versus black people or this whole dynamic of crime. And, and I'm not saying that only black people send cops on high-speed chases because that's that's certainly not the case. But but my, my point is, you know, even with the Ricky Cobb situation here in Minneapolis where the cop opens his passenger door on a – now, now, mind you, I, I want to give you this, and, and this has nothing to do with Lahaina, but I'm going to tie it back in. Bear with me, because we're talking about authority versus non-authority. We're talking about law versus uh, the law and order versus the the decay of law and order. Uh, who to trust? Who to trust? How to walk through this time, given the 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 two front attack that we have on stability in this country. So I'll give you an example. Ricky Cobb doesn't have a warrant out for his arrest. He has a hold uh, from a family court uh, order for protection, I believe. There was an order for protection, uh, and he had a hold. Uh, they called it a hold. There wasn't a warrant for his arrest. There was a, a hold of some sort. Um, and cop pulls him over. And and immediately, you know, within this within this traffic stop, the cop from the passenger side opens the passenger door. Now, I'm not certain. You know, we we could look at police protocols. I'm sure there's a number. The the police protocols are probably just like the the omnibus bills that we pass through legislation all the time. That there's any number of 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 laws that, you know, sound good on paper, makes it seem like it's thorough. But in all actuality, it just creates a revolving door for somebody to do whatever they want and then be able to go back ex post facto and justify it because we live in an overly litigious country and people's protocols and policies in large part are all meant to safeguard them from future litigation. I, mean, I hope everybody follows that. When the NBA does their CBA or when the police department does their CBA or when the school system does their uh, whatever, you know, their their policies and protocols. It's all meant in large part. It's all meant to protect you from being sued. Everybody in America is afraid of being sued. OK, 
Yeah. And, and, and when you create an overly litigious uh, culture in your policy and protocol creation, uh, when you go to make your policies and protocols, you start to lose that real sense of humanity. And then you lose the effectiveness of policy and protocol with regards to human beings, right? It becomes very rigid and cookie cutter and, and sort of robotic. So I'm sure if we look through the police protocols with the Ricky Cobb situation, there's some combination of circumstances that would justify the cop opening up the, the passenger door. Just in principle, I don't think cops should open up the passenger door. That's just me personally. Unless you have re very good reason, I think one cop dealing with one, uh, you know, citizen uh, is is the way is the way it should be done. Uh, as soon as you open up that that passenger door, um, there's a certain sense of of uh, uncertainty. There's a certain sense of stress and anxiety that's going to rise up in that situation. I don't know if anybody's ever, you know, if you just think about it now, if you're in the driver's seat. When that passenger passenger door is open, you you feel a sense of anxiety, right? I mean, there's just I know I do. I mean, if I'm driving and somebody has that passenger door open and I'm just parked, I'm like, yo, close that door. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't don't have that door swung open, like you know, just just in general. Uh, let alone if somebody's sitting in the car or or people are standing around the car. Maybe that's just me, um, but. But I don't think that we he should have opened that passenger door, and I certainly know it's actually against, it's actually against police protocol in Minneapolis in, the, in their department to shoot while your partner is in the line of gunfire, and so that was the case because Ricky started to to uh, move the car or whatever the case may be. He had his hand on the on the on the uh, clutch or whatever it was the shift. And then the other officer was, you know, grabbing the, the door or whatever. He was struggling. But he was in the line of fire, and he shot in the line of fire. And I know Professor Penn talked about this on, on one of his recent podcasts because he spent time uh, training with the, with the Minneapolis police. And uh, he was also trained in martial arts, and I trained in martial arts. And, and at the academy, we have guys who have been in former military, guys who do uh, who do law enforcement, and and the constant, <clears throat> the whole reason I brought up this topic with relation to the police is because it is a there is a consensus amongst people who have either trained with law enforcement officers, trained with military men, been in the military, been a law enforcement officer, have a background in martial arts or self-defense or, or uh, firearm safety or, or problem, uh, problem solving or crisis management prevention. There, there's a consensus amongst us that police officers are poorly trained, that the prerequisite to become a police officer is not good enough. And that the, the, um, the requirement to maintain your active your active duty as a police officer is not good enough. The physical fitness isn't good enough. The 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 training with firearms isn't good enough. The training with hand to hand combat and 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 restraining isn't good enough. And all of those do revert back to a, a baseline of physical fitness. And and you can look at police officers on on average and tell that many of them are not in good shape. 
I mean, that's just a, that's just a fact. I mean, it, it, you know, there's no that's not a dig on on cops or anything like that. It's just a fact that police officers are poorly trained. Um, and and to tie this back to Lahaina, I think when I when I watch the story, all I think about is who's in charge. Who is in charge? It it seems like the people who are in charge in many of these areas uh, are focused on something else, focused on the wrong shit. I mean, I don't know whether it's DEI or it's or it's climate change here in Minneapolis. The 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 number one uh, the number two the number one issue for voters in the city of Minneapolis was climate change. I'll say it again. The number one issue for voters in the city of Minneapolis was climate change. That's why I call this the belly of the beast. Climate change. That's that's what you motherfuckers are concerned about. That's the biggest that's the biggest issue we face is climate change. Right. Now I get it. Look, the air quality's bad, you know, in the last couple of weeks here in the city of Minneapolis or in Minnesota. Uh, you know, whether it's it's from the, the, the wildfires happening in Canada and that that air and soot blowing down uh, toward towards us or, or just the general pollution or or uh, maybe the you know, the cows are farting too much this year. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I can't tell you. I'm not a fucking climate scientist. I know it's a, I know I can tell it's a racket. I can tell it's a racket because they want you to believe if we go to EV vehicles, if we go to Tesla's, then everything will be okay. But the Tesla's have to plug into power that still uses smokestacks. Okay, you can't fool me with that one. Or that the pollution in China that we all ship over to China now for manufacturing won't affect us here in America. I mean, if it's one world, then the pollution all around the world affects everyone all around the world. It's a, they, they have a very uh, stratified view of pollution for a, a movement and agenda that claims to be one world. Okay. So I'm not going for that, that racket and scam, but, but I will say, hey, some definitely in the air. You know, I'm having a cough the last week and a half, just straight irritated lungs, just irritated for no reason. Never had asthma, never had any problems with, with my lungs or whatever the case may be. And there's a lot of people saying that. A lot of people who don't have breathing problems or lung problems at all. Hey, maybe bioweapon COVID coming back to get all of, you know, coming back to, to, to bite people in the ass. I don't know. I don't know. I remember thinking when, when I first got COVID, and when people were still were still getting COVID in mass numbers, I, I remember thinking, okay, the vaccine's gonna be a problem and the and the side effects from the vaccine is gonna be a problem. But let's not forget that COVID itself, the virus, was a bioweapon, and we don't know what the implications are long term for this. It it may be that the that the that the air quality uh, you know, that what they're saying or fencing off as an air quality problem is really a mass a mass, uh, you know, side effect, long-term side effect of people who actually had COVID. It's all up in the air now. Nobody really knows. And that's what makes everybody really afraid and uncomfortable and scared and, and, and want to default back to whatever the authorities say. And then you have this small group of people who now are so bold, they want to jump out in front of the authorities and give you the narrative. Lahaina, we know what happened there. Rope it off. Finished. 
We know what happened in Maui. The winds blew the power lines. The power lines started to fire. The fire burnt children and, and neighborhoods, and and uh, we we've lost a hundred plus people uh, at this point, which is already an incredible tragedy. And there's still thirteen hundred people missing. They're saying thirteen hundred. Now they said they're keeping the number high on purpose to motivate the the rescue workers. Um, even that could be a scam. I mean. So when let, let's say these 1,300 people are never found, well, what, what happened to them? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't where they, they jump, you know, and then there was a story that, that people in Hawaii or Maui were jumping in the water to escape the flames. I mean, you, you jump in the water shallow enough, you're not going to get drug out to, to sea. I wouldn't think. I mean, I've spent time in the shallow part of the ocean, haven't you? You don't get drug out to sea. No. So, I mean, 1,300 people, that's a lot of fucking people missing. I mean, that's a lot of people. Okay. 1,300 people? That's a lot of people to be missing still. And, and them, them saying that the number is intentionally high is weird. I mean, I don't know what that even means. Are the people missing or aren't they missing? Just give it to us straight. Why do who and you know this is a very democratic sort of posh yuppie virtue signaling type type of uh, uh you know mind frame. You know we we need to motivate everybody. We need to motivate people. The, the people of Hawaii they don't need any extra motivation to rescue people after this great tragedy that they that they faced. Why do we continuously our American culture our 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 elites continuously uh, sort of condescend us, you know, they, they, this infantilization, like we're little children. They talk to us like we're kids, you know, like we're, like we're little uh, irresponsible, untrustworthy, unpredictable children. We don't need extra motivation to, to try and find the people here in, in, in Lahaina that are missing. Why do we have to lie about the number? Doesn't sound right. All it sounds like is you're creating some, some, you know, you're you're throwing some 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 bullshit in the game to try and justify whatever misinformation or disinformation is going to come out of this piece. It's going to come out of this whole story. At best, at best, there was there was serious negligence and incompetence there in Lahaina. At at best, the very best case scenario is that whoever is in charge of the warning system, whoever was in charge of the sirens, whoever is in charge of the, uh, what, what do they call it? The, um, whoever is in charge of the, the electrical grid and the electrical system and the fail safes and the protocols and procedures and, and the policies and wh whoever's in charge there in Lahaina, whoever's in charge there in Maui, whoever's in charge in Hawaii needs to come under serious scrutiny. And you see the governor already, I mean, he, you know, the governor's already trying to double down on the government's position, saying, yeah, it's not, you know, hey, we, we stand by our decision not to sound the alarm. You, you saw the man there in Maui, the, the, the young man there in Maui speaking on the beach being interviewed. He said quite plainly, hey, if they had, you know, if they had sounded the sirens, people would have had more of a chance to, to, to evacuate. I mean, that seems simple. I, I, don't, I don't even know where the argument is. I don't get it. I, I mean, what if now? Now, mind you, 
when the story first broke, everybody said that the sirens didn't go off because the electricity was compromised. That was one story that came out of the zeitgeist was, you know, the no, no. No, it wasn't negligence. No, the, the children in the neighborhood wasn't burned intentionally with no warning. It was that the power lines created a, 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 compromise, a, a compromised electrical grid, and that's why the sirens didn't go off. Now, the governor and the authorities are coming right out and saying, hey, we made a conscious decision not to turn on the sirens, that it was a, it, it was a, it was a decision that was made in, in conscience. And now, after the fact, they're trying to justify it. Well, we stand by the decision. What was the thinking that went into that? Why? What? 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 What, what do you? What? What? I mean, we'd have to look into it. Try, try, you, you won't even be able to find it. You, they won't even be able to look it up. There, there won't be. Just try and Google for a second. Just Google why the sirens, why the decision was made to not sound the alarm there in Lahaina. Let's see if they'll even even reference it in the in the Google search. I'm guessing they won't. This whole this whole Maui thing. Nobody at the state and nobody at the county attempted. This is CNN.com. Nobody at the state and nobody at the county attempted to activate those sirens based on our records, said spokesman Adam Weintraub, adding it was largely a function of how fast the flames were moving. Officials used other communication methods like cell phone alerts to warn residents. I mean, look, guys, look, put the set the nefarious aside. And I'm not setting aside because I'm saying they're not capable of it. But let's just set it aside momentarily because I don't like to need, I don't like the need to go to the worst case scenario to find the culpability of the elites and the establishment and those that govern us for us to be outraged. I hope everybody can follow what I'm saying there. We don't have to go to the most nefarious conspiracy for you all to be pissed the fuck off, for you all to be concerned with how people are governing in our country today. We don't need to go all the way there. Now, all the way there exists. We, we, have, we have government, we have, we have official documentation that all the way there exists. Full-blown nefarious conspiracy. We have that that happens, but we don't need that proof, that evidence, that smoking gun to be pissed the fuck off about how we are being governed. This is a this this explanation, at least, is really uh, the signature of a society that has become far, far too digital. Far, far too digital. Too much trust in the technology, too much trust in, 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 the, in the digital, too much trust in the internet, too much trust in the Wi-Fi, too much trust in the fourth industrial revolution. We didn't sound the, we didn't sound the fucking alarms because we used other means of communication like cell phone alerts. Are you people fucking stupid? You sent kids home from school early do all the kids have fucking cell phones now mind you a lot of kids probably do have cell phones nowadays but why would you just assume that why would you just assume that a child that you've sent home from school early in the middle of a fucking crisis is going to have the 
wherewithal, that have the, the presence of mind in the middle of a fucking, you know, disaster. That a fucking child is going to have the, the presence of mind to check his fucking cell phone. These are the people that, these are, these are your leaders. These are your fucking leaders. And what really pisses me off is because I know if we sorted through the, the if we sorted through the rubble, if we, if we went back and we sorted through the, through the rock and, 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 and the ashes, and I'm speaking metaphorically now, but if we, if we went back and we sorted through it all, and when I say the rubble and the rock and the ashes, I'm talking about the, the tragedy that's this fucking government and, and these city officials or these Hawaii officials that are running this fucking place. If we went back and we sorted through the rubble of this fucking disaster of a response, we would find that people spent much more time on other shit. Not planning for a crisis, not planning uh, for contingencies and, 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 and uh, have protocols and policies lined up and have people who are properly trained the same way they, you got to think, if they don't train their police well, what the fuck do you think the crisis response team is going to, how well you think they're fucking trained? It's all fruit from the same poisonous tree. If you went back in there, I'm sure that you will find plenty of diversity, equity, and inclusion resources, resources spent, time spent, energy spent on diversity, equity, and, inclu and inclusion. And I don't, I don't mean to make this political, but, but let's just look across the entire country. The entire country is plagued by this sort of, uh, uh, th this, this, this distraction, this cultural and political distraction. What is the priority? What are the priorities? You know, and, and I posted and, and, you know, now we're going to flirt with being, you know, being right there on the fence when it comes to this whole this whole situation, because there are a lot of people who look at the circumstances and they see motive. They see motive to burn down Lahaina for the real estate, that it's some of the most prime real estate in the entire country. It is the most expensive real estate in America, some of the most expensive real estate in the entire world. It's a paradise. I mean, Hawaii is a is a is a is a living paradise. It's like out of a it's 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 out of a a, a a fairy tale. It's it's so beautiful, right? And the people there in Lahaina who just want to live a simple life, a simple life on their ancestral land or their or their you know on their land that's been in the in their possession for a long time. The indigenous native people there in Hawaii just wanted to keep their land, and they've been at they've been at odds with corporate, corporate, global elite predators that have trying to, are trying to figure out how to get them off that land. Now, does that mean that they brought an energy weapon and burned, the, burned the, that place out? Doesn't mean that for sure. Is it possible? Would we put it past them? You would only put it past them if you actually believe that the people who govern you are, are decent people, good people, honorable people. People in Hawaii there deserve answers. And when I say we're on the fence, we're, we're now we're straddling the fence of, of, of thinking of conspiracy and, 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 and nefarious or malicious uh, 
situation here and just radical incompetence. I mean, it's almost where the line where, where the line is. It, how do we de, how do we how do we decipher between the two? I mean, there's a point with which you almost become so incompetent and negligent that it's hard to distinguish if you are being malicious as well. Because I could do that. I could easily, you know, I, I could, uh, you know, let's say I'm in charge of, let's say I'm in charge of the maintenance on an airplane, right? I'm the one who has to go and make sure that the, that the wheels, that the, the lug nuts on the wheels are screwed in right, right? And I'm just a psychotic motherfucker, sick in the head. And one day, hey, maybe I just, I just forgot to tighten them. And, and, and a plane uh, tries to land without landing gear or whatnot, and, and you know, there's a, a crash and, and people die on the plane or whatever. How do, I, how do I, you know, that's the dark part of the human condition that people don't want have to have to deal with. Keeps you up at night, and it should. It should. And it should keep you up at night because we all kind of realize if a society is sick, the more shit like that is going to pop up the more and more people are just going to start to lose it. And that is what's happening. People are starting to lose it. And, and as people start to lose it, it's going to become more and more difficult to, to distinguish between radical incompetence and negligence and nefarious conspiracy to, to bring harm and violence to people. And I posted this video of Anne Hathaway accepting an award with the human rights campaign, the HRC, which is overseeing the corporate equity index, which is effectively the way that the Fed and all of the banking institutions are going to strong arm corporations into following the global LGBTQ agenda. Because you will get funding, loans, and all of these different financial instruments are going to be graded now on your uh, corporate equity index number. How well you're doing LGBTQism is really what it what it is, and so the human rights campaign is overseeing the corporate equity index, and the human rights campaign is funded by none other than George Soros. That's just a fact. The Soros Foundation uh, is in charge of the human rights campaign. And I'm watching this video, or I posted a video of Anne Hathaway accepting an award, accepting an award some years back. It's not new, recent. It's on my Twitter. But if you watch, pull it up on my Twitter. Let's watch it together. I want to play it right here in the, in the, in the episode. But when you watch the video, you listen to the video, it's, it's eerie. I mean, if you have eyes that see and ears that hear, the tone of it is eerie. And what is said is eerie. And, 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 and how the implications of it coming from a group of people who are effectively in control of this country from a government standpoint and certainly from a corporate standpoint. They are in control. They are running the country. I mean, let's, let, let's not kid ourselves. These people are running our country. So the implications of a statement like this um, must be considered in, 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 that, in that way, in that regard. We got to consider, who are these people? Well, what are their motives? What's their agenda? You got it pulled up, Tanner? 
Let's play the video. Thank you so much for having me here. I really needed this. I needed to see you. I needed to hear you. Um, I think I'm probably walking around like uh, like most people right now. I'm pretty I'm pretty shell shocked by what I see every day, by what I hear every day. And I really don't like to admit this, but um, but I get scared. I acknowledge the need for allies because of the visibility we lend. How long is this video? Um, that was just reinforced for me tonight. Let's play the uh, whole Sarah video. McBride gave me a note from a ten-year-old transgender girl named Ella. She named herself that after my movie Ella Enchanted. Um, a ten-year-old transgender note, girl named Ella. In this note, Ella thanked me for my courage as an ally. Ella, sweetie, I want to make something absolutely clear to you. It takes zero courage to love you. It does, however, take a lot of courage to get up and talk in front of a lot of people. <laughs> so I put your note right next to my heart to give me extra strength. It's right here. My standing here, my ability to be visible to you comes from the world unfairly rewarding my particular type of visibility. It is important to acknowledge that, with the exception of being a cisgender male, everything about how I was born has put me at the current center of a damaging and widely accepted myth. That myth is that gayness orbits around straightness, transgender orbits around cisgender, and that all races orbit around whiteness. Jesus, help us. This passes for intelligence. These people are horrifying. It's horrifying. This myth is wrong, but this myth is too real for too many. I appreciate this community oh, so much <laughs> because it's where I learned to reject this myth. Oh, is it? I appreciate this community because together, we are not just going to question this myth. We are going to destroy it. <laughs> authentic equality, authentic equality doesn't prioritize sexual orientation. It doesn't put any one gender or race at the center. It doesn't erase our identities either. What it does do <laughs> is centralize oh, oh, black love. people. It doesn't erase your identity love either. Is fully centralized, every door opens for everybody. Yeah. To this beloved community, to Ella, it's an honor to be your ally. This award means so much to me because it comes from you. Now let's tear this world apart and build a better one. Thank you. fucking horrifying um revenge of the white women and y'all and, and you know people <laughs> come in the comments all the time and they're like why are you so angry why are you going so hard on these on these women or or the black women or liberal white women or or you know the lgbtq these are your fucking leaders 
let, let, let me let me help everybody out there understand the people of Lahaina, the people of Maui, the people of Hawaii, and the people all across this country that continue to face to 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 be the victims of incompetent government. These people, these people who you see there on the screen, come from the same intellectual tradition. She didn't get up there and 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 say that all on her own. I mean, if you if you if you come from the university, if you come from intellectual tradition, if you come from the political uh, environment or or you know any number of 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 intellectual sort of uh, of movements, you can you can hear it. I I can just hear the influences on on that speech. And it's it's perfectly crafted to be a bunch of fucking nothing that feels like it says everything. It's, it's intentionally crafted to be a bunch of nothing that feels like it addresses everything. And that's why there are these moments in the speech where she has to take a pause and let the entire crowd know that this thing I just said is intended to be this sort of uh, uh, high point or emphasis in the speech where you all now should clap because this was the most woke virtue signaling part of what I had to say. And, and in that, in that speech where she got an award from the human rights campaign, again, funded by George Soros, what was the driving idea? What was the idea that she took pause and made sure everybody knew this is the high point. This is the climax of my speech. This is the this is the driving idea. This is the main narrative that I'm here to, to convey. That that the myth, the myth that gayness, gayness orbits around straightness, that transgender orbits around cisgender, and that all races orbit around whiteness. We're gonna break this myth. We're gonna destroy this myth. What what the fuck is she even talking about? What what the fuck does that even mean? That 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 what what the what that transgender that transgender orbits around cisgender? That gayness orbits around straightness? That 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 fucking whiteness that all races orbit around white What the fuck is she talking about? And why is she conflating race with gender in the first place? I mean, that is a blatant, that, my friends, is a blatant, blatant, blatant insult to the history of all people who did suffer from racism. It's a blatant insult for you to conflate gender and race as though they're the same, that they're the same, uh, uh, you know, Historical experience is a complete insult. It's it's offensive. And I and I know for a fact that a lot of black people are starting to get offended by it. I mean, that's part of the reason why Joe Biden's numbers are pulling way down. That's part of the criticism that's coming now, even more heavy, it's starting to starting to kick up now about Obama, which is why Obama being gay is significant. Because his policy reflected his gayness, that that Gayness can't orbit around straightness. What the fuck is she talking about? But it's not just her. 
I mean, the Obamas and the Hillarys and the, I mean, all of these people come from an intellectual tradition that has brought this worldview right there to a theater near you, to a local theater near you. You know the time and energy it takes to put on a production like that? You know the time and energy it takes for a dumb fucking idiot to write a speech like that? It takes her a lot of time. It took them a lot of time. And they carefully crafted each word and they went back and double checked and they said, we hope these words won't offend these people. And we got to make sure that the gender queer people are represented when we say this. And, the, and they spent a lot of time on this huge fucking theater of nothing. Who suffers? The young black kids that can't read past the fifth grade. The young uh, um, mentally ill children who are having real issues with gender dysphoria and, and probably child abuse and maybe drug abuse or whatever else that they're dealing with, those kids end up suffering because teachers like Anne Hathaway want to have pride parades through the school instead of actually addressing the root cause of what's plaguing these, these, these young people's spirit. Who suffers? The people in Lahaina that need sirens that need warning systems, that need competent people who know how to act on the fly during a crisis, who are trained to act on the fly during a crisis, no matter, no matter how dangerous, no matter how unpredictable that crisis may get or may be. The people of Lahaina, they suffer. The people there in the Ukraine, they suffer. And it's terrible and tragic what's, what's happened there in Lahaina. It's terrible and tragic what's happened there in Lahaina. Maybe, maybe at, at, at maximum, maybe 1,300 kids burned alive, charred. I mean, it just doesn't get any more, any more horrifying and, and tragic than that. It doesn't, it, it, I mean, that's just the, the height of what you can imagine. You couldn't, you couldn't even write up something more horrifying than that. But we provoked Russia into a war right there in the Ukraine where thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, tens of thousands, maybe 100,000 children are now dead. 100,000 children are now dead. And yes, we did provoke them. Yeah, we don't. Me, RFK, Donald Trump, Steve Bannon, Alex Jones, you know, we're not all, we're, we're, we're not Russian assets. We're not working for the Russian government. Oh, fuck Vladimir Putin. I can't, I wish, I wish I could be, I wish I was going to be, after Donald Trump is runs, we'll start to consider whether or not I'm going to run. Because I would love to be face-to-face -face with Putin and Xi Jinping. Could you imagine that? Me 6A towering over Vladimir Putin, shaking his whole arm when we meet. If he's even still alive eight years from now which isn't looking good, by the way, or Xi Jinping for that matter. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all up in the air. But I'm saying it because I'm not a, a fan of Vladimir Putin, but I'm not going to allow anything he does to obscure my vision or my, my knowledge of the history because the history of our relationship with Russia stems well before Putin was ever in power. And that, that's, I mean, that's just a fact. Our, our history with Russia, well before Vladimir Putin, 
rises to power there in Russia, well before. The deal that was made with Gorbachev is very well documented. Very, very well documented. That only now, <laughs> certain people in our government, Victoria uh, Newland and, and, and Brzezinski, who's dead now, but he was a huge architect in this whole deal as well. Mika Brzezinski's dad. Uh, a lot of these other uh, anti-Russia uh, globalists, post-World War II Democratic, uh, Democratic liberal order globalists uh, that, that put together this entire, this entire foreign relations policy, a lot of these people want to try to rewrite the history ex post facto. No, that's not what was said. No, that's not what was promised. No, that's not what we agreed to. And Russia's getting ready to kick our ass because the entire world isn't going to, they're not going to buy it. They're not buying it. A huge part of the world, they know what happened. They knew what, they know what went on. They know what was agreed to. We promised Gorbachev that we would not expand NATO East whatsoever. Not only do we expand NATO East, the new Russian regime, once Putin did take over, let America know many, many times. Now, remember, these are all United Nations Security Council countries, right? They all, they all sit on the Security Council. Our strategic relationship uh, is far and wide in maintaining the, the, the supremacy over the air, airspace, uh, uh, nautical space, space out at sea, and the whole nine, okay? So these are not countries that we're not deeply, deeply involved with. We're not talking about a country that we just bumped into on some, on some voyage or some adventure and, oh, they don't want us to be here. <laughs> we didn't know. We, we, sorry guys, we didn't realize that you didn't want us to be here because we don't even really understand your language yet. There's no line of communication. Sorry, it's honest mistake. No, it's not like, it wasn't like that at all. It wasn't like that at all, no. No, Russia's long told us that the, that the Ukraine is a red line that we can't cross. And we tried to cross it. We tried to cross it because we felt after World War II that we were the big dog on the yard. But the truth, the truth of the matter is, we didn't win World War II. The Russians won World War II. The Russians gave one out of every, I think, seven of their citizens, the Russian people, to fight off the German war machine. They won the war. Did they have help? Yeah, we were the allied forces. It's funny that, that the new woke, aristocratic, omnisexual, globalist, you know, aristocrats, use words like ally, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and their, their allyship is real symbolic. Well, in World War II, the allied forces actually had some skin in the game. I mean, you had to send some troops. They had to land on a beach. They had to take on incoming gunfire, a hail of machine gunfire. And a lot of, a lot of World War II uh, soldiers died on the beaches at Normandy, just storming the beach getting mowed down that 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 actually happened um so we gave troops and, and we gave support and we helped win the war but nobody lost more nobody sacrificed more than the russians and the reason was simple because the russians were being invaded america wasn't invaded 
America wasn't invaded through, through Virginia, through New York City, through the port of Miami, through the Gulf, through the, you know, the, the, America wasn't invaded in World War II. Russia was invaded through the Ukraine. And now a bunch of people are going to try and tell you a story that that's not the case and we never promised or we never or or uh, we or Russia never had the authority to strike a deal that would restrict NATO from moving east. Lies. Lies. Why do I bring it up? It's fruit from the same poisonous tree. Who suffers? The people in the Ukraine. Who suffers? The people in China, the Lao Beijing, old hundred names, they suffer. The Uyghurs suffer. I mean, yes, these people are corrupt and they're wicked and they're evil and they're incompetent and they're negligent and they're arrogant about it. But we have a, a profound sense of self-doubt. We have an epidemic of self-doubt all across this this country and all across the world. And that, that epidemic of self-doubt is that we don't know what's good for us, that, that, we, that we don't have a, 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 deep, a deep intuition as to what is actually good for us and right for us as citizens. We don't trust our own ability to, to govern ourselves. We, we've, we've allowed them to tell us there's some level of expertise, there's some level of, of of skill, of, of, of intelligence or education that's needed in order to govern yourself, in order to, to survive. No, 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 no. The expertise, the skill, the education, the, the intelligence that is going to be necessary for you to survive is in large part due to the things that they created with the intelligence and the, and the skill and, and, and everything else. They created the hazard. Now they're going to tell you that all of their special skills are needed to keep you safe from it. Isn't that Herman Kahn? Werner von Braun? The entire NASA movement? I wear the NASA hat on Jason Whitlock and people are like, why are you wearing a NASA hat? We're being facetious. When me and Alex Jones talk about Na NASA, we're being facetious. We're pointing out the fact that most people walking out there on the street every day have no fucking clue what NASA is, how NASA was started, what it does, what it's done, let alone Raytheon, uh, Lockheed Martin, and Boeing. Most of you people have no clue. And, and look, we're not saying that you had to be a, a, a become a physicist and, and, and understand astrophysics or... or uh, <laughs> you know, thermonuclear, you know, thermonuclear science, a fusion, thermonuclear fusion, whatever the case is, we're not saying that. But the, the blatantness of, of what they're doing is, is almost, it's almost an indictment of, of us. Their wickedness can't be put on us, but how blatant they've gotten with the agenda and what they're willing to admit is almost an indictment of us and our self-doubt. Because what we're, and, and again, the, the best thing I can relate it to is pimping. No, seriously. The best thing I can relate it to, the, the, the thing that seems most, uh, you know, that, that seems the most similar to it is pimping. 
what is a pimp's main main selling point, main pitch? What is a pimp's main pitch to a hoe? I don't know. Maybe you know you come from that type of lifestyle or that type of neighborhood or that type of culture. But a pimp's main pitch to a hoe is, yeah, you could definitely sell your ass without my guidance. You could definitely have sex for money without my guidance, but you're going to have to worry about protection and you're a woman and there's a physical difference between men and women, which is why you can sell your ass a lot more effectively than I can <laughs> because the sexual marketplace for women is much bigger than it is for men in the most, in most cases. So there's a difference between men and women. So my protection matters. Okay. And also it's just my overall, my overall view of things, my overall vision, right? My, my overall sense of how to navigate life is better than yours. You're dumb. You're dumb. You got, you got a vagina that you could sell and, 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 and for money, but that, that don't mean you know where you're going. That don't mean you got a plan. A pimp's main pitch to a hoe is a plan. We're all getting pimped. Would you agree, Tanner? We're all, is that the right, is that, is that a good uh, analogy? We're all getting pimped. We're all getting pimped because we're letting them tell us that we couldn't survive without their plan. That their plan is essential. Their plan is the bottom line. Their, their plan is non-negotiable. There's, there's, not a, there's not another. There's not a plan B. There's not a plan C. There's not a plan we could come up with on our own. It wasn't like people were living just fine well before they ever had nuclear weapons and space stations with lasers. It wasn't people weren't living just fine. And fine. Okay, fine, 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 fine. Okay, I get it. The asteroid. We're always in danger of the asteroids hitting. Okay, I get it. We're always in danger of, of uh, uh, you know, some plague and disease breaking out. So you got to do gain of function. We're always in danger of the, the, the asteroids. So we got to work on, on, you know, surveilling space. We're always in danger of people just uprising and killing one another. So we always got to have a, 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 a big, big government. I get it. I get it. All these things are possible. Then why are you going out of your way to, to, to poorly educate the people that need to understand why these things are necessary? That's what's happened. None of you can tell me why these things are necessary. You're just trusting their plan. You're just trusting what they say. This is necessary because. This is necessary because. And then I'm going to have Anne Hathaway stroll her manic, goofy ass out on the stage and accept an award and, and, and reiterate. Now, this is necessary because, because an 11-year-old transgender girl named Ella needs our love and attention. Are you fucking kidding me, Anne? You know, it's funny. The Anne Hathaways of, of yesteryear used to, used to at least try to warm your heart and, or play the heartstrings or, or you know, tear jerk you. They used to try and tear jerk you with things that were actually tragic, like an 11-year-old kid with leukemia. That's actually tragic, right? I have a kid going along with life, just trying to raise him, 
kids in the sixth grade dealing with everything that there is to be a sixth grade kid. I have a sixth grade, fifth grade kid, kids right now in that age range. And all of a sudden you go for a yearly checkup and kids got leukemia. Terminal. Chemo. Doesn't work. Bald head. Kids dying. Cancer. How to tell a kid they're dying. Do you tell a kid they're dying? This is fucking tragic. And it insults those kids who actually deal with shit like that to say that it's tragic for a young boy to want to become a young girl and all of a sudden they need all this special care and attention. And you fucking moron. And everybody wants to, and everybody's going to kowtow to you because you're decent looking, decent looking. Everybody's going to kowtow to you because you were in the Devil Wears Prada. And yeah, it was a humorous, you know, clever little movie. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was all right. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck how good the movie was. I don't care how pretty you are. I don't give a fuck about the speech. I don't give a fuck about the human rights campaign and them saying they're doing shit for black people so that, so that all races don't orbit around whiteness. I don't give a fuck about none of that. Let's get back to governing and leading leading from a real place of sacred honor and some level of sanity. Why are we spending all this time and energy trying to console, trying to console the, uh, the, the emotions of a young transgender kid when there's still kids out there dying of cancer? There's still kids out there dying from cancer. Uh, Car crashes. There's still kids out there, you know, people texting and driving, run, run a mom off the road. She goes smack right into the hill. Kids in the car. But none of you want to disable the ability to text and drive in the interest of hopefully saving some young kid's life who may be in the back seat riding home from school with their parent, right? See, this is how I know it's bullshit, it's theater. It's theater and it's starting to piss me the fuck off. I, I don't like, I, I don't, I can't stand the dishonesty. Right now, they have the technology. They have the technology to know when you're moving in your phone, right? They have the literal technology where your phone knows when you're driving. The phone knows when you're moving, when you're in motion. If the phone knows when you're in motion, why don't they disable the phone while you're in motion? Why don't they use the technology that way? Why? Because it would slow the commerce. <laughs> it would slow the commerce. Duh. Of course. And yeah, we don't want to do that. I mean, there's an accepted casualty. There's an accepted casualty rate that comes with the commerce. It's called the price of doing business, right, in this country. There's a price to do business in this country. But that price doesn't include little gender dysphoric kids who, who little, little boys who want to become girls and change their name to Ella. Which is probably the result of a parent who's fucking their kid up. Most likely. It's most likely the result of a parent who's fucking their kid up. Maybe they're being sexually abused. I don't know. Maybe they're just inundating them with fucking liberal woke ideology. Pull up the video 
of the uh, this. You know, I say these things and people go, uh, you know, I know, I know everybody out there in the audience that's a regular. You know what I'm talking about. We've seen it, but we we continuously get new people on the channel who, who for the first time are like, you know. Who the fuck is Royce White? What the fuck is this kid on? What the, what the fuck is this dude online talking about Investigate Maui? Let's see what he's talking about. If you're new here, I'm going to show you how you can brainwash a kid into believing that they are transgender. And it's happening. Pull up. Let, let, let's, let's see. Uh, pull up. Uh, Mom says baby is gay on YouTube. Let's see what they give us. Now, they might try and fence this off, too, to protect the protect these strange ass women from their uh from from the people seeing just what it oh there oh hey there you go right there at the top they're not hiding it go figure my baby is gay go ahead play it got Anne Hathaway look she even looks a little like Anne Hathaway all right guys so okay we got sure this guy who's commentating this woman talking about gay babies and now a lot of Fast you guys got upset. Let's see what let's um, let's get to her saying it. I don't want to hear him commentate. Do, does she even does he play the video? This. So here we go. Oh, first of all, let's make this loud enough so we can back out. Let's see if we thing. can find just the video of it. Not 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 one where. Scroll down. There it is, right there. Play that. The short. He is gay. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah, this is him. He's gay. I called up my dad and I said, hey, guess what? Your grandson? Gay. Gay, gay, gay. That's it. Just play it one more time. Play it one more time. I know it might. Go ahead. We'll back out real quick. We're just getting it loaded up, queued up. He is gay. Yeah, this is him. He's gay. I called up my dad and I said, hey, guess what? Your grandson? Gay. 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 These are your Anne Hathaways of the world, ladies and gentlemen. These are the people running your country. I want you to go up to go to my Twitter right now. Pull up my Twitter and uh, scroll down. I want to play another video for you of the grand juror that they interviewed about why she decided to indict Donald Trump. And just to show you that th these are the people who are running our country. And I say liberal white women and everybody's like, oh, it's not just liberal white women. No, oh, no, it's not. It's not. It's not just liberal white women. Come on, don't make it about race. Go fuck yourself. Go fucking caucus with the Democrats, you luke lukewarm motherfuckers. Milk toast motherfuckers. It is liberal white women. The lib the, this is the revenge of the liberal white woman. That's what it is. And she's bringing the LGBTQ with her. And she's bringing black women with her. And she's bringing the simp beta male black men with her. They're all funneling behind the liberal white woman. And if you look at it structurally in our society from a, from a, from a real structural standpoint and say, hey, let's evaluate the system. Who's at the top of the system? Military industrial complex. Who's running the, the, the seven biggest military industrial complex companies right now in America? Seven liberal white women who effectively aren't probably even liberal white women they're probably neocon white women but they'll throw they'll throw the 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 liberal woke uh biscuits to to you to you puppies uh to to keep you distracted while they do their 
piracy business. Right. Drug slavery piracy. Right. They'll 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 throw you a woke bone to chew on while they do the business of, uh, of death and 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 uh, dealing dealing death. Let's go to my put the Twitter up here. I'll show you which one it is. Scroll down, yeah. Nope, scroll up. That up, up, yeah. Yeah. Way, way up towards the top. This is reason. Mm -hmm. Nope, this ain't reason. <clears throat> this is my Twitter account right here. Uh, yeah, it should be. This isn't recent, though. Re re uh, refresh it. Refresh it. Here, I'll send it to you. One second. Audience, bear with us. For some reason, we pulled my Twitter up on the browser, and it looks like it's about seven months old. Technology. Too much trust in technology. Do a little manual work right here, right now. This is important. I'm going to play two videos. Crisis of the Liberal White Woman. Maybe that should be the name of the episode. Um, how should I send it to you? Should I airdrop it? I can airdrop it. Yeah, there we go. Not the edit. Mac Studio. Nope, it's not popping up. The airdrop is not, not available. I'll text it to you. Anyway, this uh this this next video we're gonna play is a video of again the uh one of the grand jurors that was involved in the, the Trump indictment, and she comes right out and says, you know, why she why she wanted to go through with the indictment. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely unacceptable. Absolutely corrupt. Absolutely a sign of, of a country that has lost its way. Here we go. Personally, want to hear from the former president. I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just... I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. Play it again. This is real. CNN actually had the balls to... And I, I want to remind you guys, when they go out and they bring a team to come interview you, you know, you might be there for an hour or two. <laughs> they might be there interviewing you for an hour or two, right? And then they go back and they edit and they chop and they, they, they decide what what clips go into the, the final uh, uh, production for that day's show. It's not like a podcast. It's not like this where we're just rolling. Um, they chose that clip. Now you got to wonder, for, for a news organization that is so overtly politically driven, are they just trying to mock us? Or do they actually believe that that is an acceptable an acceptable uh, behavior from a grand juror. I mean, I start to wonder myself. I've watched the clip at least 20 times 
because this is the real psychology and psychosis that is destroying America. Are they doing it to provoke us, to, to mock us, or do they actually believe that's acceptable rule of law? Play the clip again. Ask yourself. Personally, want to hear from the former president. I wanted to hear from the former president, but honestly, I kind of wanted to subpoena the former president because I got to swear everybody in. And so I thought it'd be really cool to get 60 seconds with President Trump of me looking at him and being like, do you solemnly swear? And me getting to swear him in? I just, I kind of just thought that would be an awesome moment. Next video. I mean, I just, I just wanted to be able to swear him in and say, do you solemnly swear? I mean, th this, is, this, this is what our justice system has become? That's justice? This is a justice system? And they want to make the claim that these, these legal proceedings are legitimate? They want me to believe that these legal proceedings are legitimate in any way? There's nothing legitimate about that. There's nothing legitimate about that. There's nothing legitimate about a grand juror deciding that they wanted to indict the president because they're the one that gets to swear him in. It's disgusting. It's unacceptable. And it should be unacceptable for all of you, whether you're Republican or Democrat. The people there in Hawaii, just, I got to say it. These are Democrats that run your state. These are Democrats that run, the people in Hawaii vote 70% Democrat. Look what happens to governance. Look what happens to, 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 look what happens to policy and procedure when you leave it in the hands of people who accept and promote and, 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 and back ideology like this. Would you want that young woman being in charge of the, of the safety planning in your, in your city? Would you want that young woman to be in charge of your school systems? Would you want that young woman to be in, in charge of the tornado sirens? Would you want that young woman to be in charge of, of, of the police departments or the funding for, for uh, city, state budgets? Would you want that young woman to be in charge of any fucking thing? Well, the reality is she is in charge of things. She personally isn't in charge of things, but the ideology of the machine that rewards that type of thinking is in charge of the machine. And we can see the results. Play the next video. Nara Arlen knows full well how odd it must look to some riding through the woods on a hobby horse. I remember being mocked. And if I said that I don't care what people think or what people say, it would be a lie. When I do hobby horsing, I feel like the, only the sky is the limit. I have heard everything already, so there's literally nothing that I haven't heard. But I feel like myself when I'm doing hobby horsing. That's the one thing that makes me want to keep going. My name is Nara Aralin, and when I do hobby horsing, I feel like there's no boundaries. Hobby horsing is in fact a sport with fixed rules and even various disciplines such as show jumping and dressage. The Hobby Horse Championship held annually in Finland attracts some 300 participants from as many as 17 countries, making it the biggest event of its kind in the world. Hobby horsing is a very big community that helps a lot together. It's a It's harder than it looks, so I'm like, just try it. It gives me the opportunity, opportunity to be creative and it brings me a lot of joy. 
Is there one black man at the Hobby Horse Convention? I'm, I'm, I'm just, look, Anne Hathaway can tell me that the movement is to make sure that all races don't orbit around whiteness if she wants to. I'm not fucking buying it. Was there one Negro at the Hobby Horse Convention? I didn't even see any white men. And you guys go, well, what, what does that have to do with anything? It's in Finland. Understand who your leaders are. Understand who your intellectual thought leaders are. Understand where the George Soros and the World Economic Forum uh, intellectual ideology is coming from. Right there in Davos, Switzerland is a stone's throw away from Finland. It's all one sort of progressive, egalitarian, European uh, uh, ideology. And it really is. It really is that global. It really is that global. They got 300 Greta Thunbergs riding a fucking a, a, a toy horse head on a stick. These are the people running our fucking country. These are the people running our society, and they're running it straight into the fucking ground. This has been another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio and powered by our favorite sponsor, TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody Buying from us help fund the movement. We have to fund the patriot economy, the parallel economy, the alternative economy, whatever you like to call it. We have to have our own economy. Support the companies that support the values that you live by. Also, mybookie.com, promo code Royce. Ghostbed.com, promo code Royce. Go sign up, browse around, purchase some, some stuff from our other advertisers, mybookie and, 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 and ghostbed.com in Ghostbed um, and use promo code Royce uh, to get a discount or to get special features on the site. Um, go support our advertisers. I mean, at least they're throwing in. At least they're throwing in with people who are telling the truth. That's got to count for something. Give them, give them some business, you know? Me, I like to come, I like to go to a, you know, a, a small business because I know the owner and I know he's a good guy. Man, here, I'm, I'm coming to do business with you. You can go do business, but remember, remember, and I'll say this as we leave, convenience will be the death of freedom. In the end, convenience will be the death of freedom. Stop doing things for convenience. Convenience is the greatest weapon waged against the American people and free people all over the world. The fight continues. Don't die a jerk off, and as always, Godspeed.